Welcome back to Becky L Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time to go over our week two passing, rushing, and receiving leaders. And let's start with the quarterback. C.J. Stroud uh, finished with the most passing yards at 384. It was 30-1 to to earn the honor. Uh, Aaron, this was such an interesting game because you look at two rookie quarterbacks and you go, well, they're still getting used to football and you can't expect a whole lot out of them. No, Stroud uh, certainly had his moments. Anthony Richardson had his moments uh, before his injury, uh, had a couple of rushing touchdowns, uh, so that was definitely helpful. It, it was interesting when we look at Stroud, though, Aaron, and that he threw to the intermediate part of the field more than a third of the time. That's 10 to 20 air yards. The fact that a rookie's doing this uh, is mighty impressive that he's willing to be this aggressive. Um, and it's a high rate to do it more than a third of the time. He absorbed a lot of pressure, and nearly 20% of his dropbacks were on the run. I look at the play design and the scheme that they're setting up for Stroud, and it's hard not to like what they're doing to put him in a position to succeed. Yeah, Stroud, I think the fact that they lost overshadowed the fact that he had a historic day. Um, His passing yards were second most by any Texans rookie in franchise history behind Deshaun Watson. But I love what I'm seeing from Stroud. I was surprised looking at those numbers and seeing him so high up on the leaderboard. I was like, wow, he really is, you know, going to come on pretty quickly and he's shining as a rookie QB. So I'm excited uh, to watch him play and see what he can do moving forward, Joe. Why is Stroud 15 to 1 this morning for Offensive Rookie of the Year? <laughs> I don't understand uh, that. Uh, uh, I, underst- I understand uh, why Bijan's the favorite and Richardson getting a lot of love. Puka Nakua, there's been a lot of bets there. He's sitting as the third favorite, and I saw it on the site. I'm like, that can't be right. And then I went to the app. I'm like, yeah, he is right now the sixth favorite at uh, 15 to 1. I can't imagine that. That lasts too long. Uh, it, it was an interesting game. I didn't have a play on it. It was. I thought it was kind of strange that there were such strong opinions on both sides. That's why we saw the favorite flip a few different times throughout the week. Uh, Richardson mm-hmm. scores. We talked about that at 2-1. to one. It felt like everybody was talking about that one. Uh, that number was coming down uh, before the game started. I think right before the game, it was like plus 165. Uh, so we'll see about... The Richardson situation, is it going to be a Minshew week for next week? He's always People love to bet on Minshew. And Stroud did all this with no offensive line. He ended up getting sacked six times, but he racked up 384 yards. I believe four of five starters on the Texans' old line is injured. So that will be right. certainly something uh, to monitor going into next week. Can I ask you a question, Joe? about just the stat line for C.J. Stroud and maybe a comp or lack thereof. Again, he threw it to the intermediate part of the field more than a third of the time, which is pretty impressive given how aggressive that is and how young he is. Nearly 20% of his dropbacks were on the run, had close to 400 passing yards, and he has some pretty, you know, pretty stout mobility. Isn't this the stat line that we should be seeing from Justin Fields every week? Isn't this the kind of performance that he should be having instead of whatever this garbage is that he's putting together through two weeks? How's the quarterback? 
right? Another one. Uh, so mm -hmm. Justin is is now declared as a failure. Now we're moving on to the next Ohio State quarterback. Maybe finally going. <laughs> yeah, to right. Uh, yeah, um, Fields. It's a disaster. An impressive drive to start the game. He scores the first touchdown, a rushing one, and then after that, a whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing uh, for the Bears and that offense. It's like on the script. It worked out. They were he was going to find DJ Moore. Moore goes over 42 and a half receiving yards on the first drive of the game. And then it was a, a whole lot of nothing. And when your offense is putting up 17 points and you have the Bears defense on your side, that's not going to get it done. I mean, they they are so bad that it, they made Baker Mayfield look extremely efficient so let's see how it goes when you face some real quarterbacks oh like i don't know this sunday his name's patrick mahomes i think the chiefs offense is going to be just fine going up against the bears yeah they didn't like him they decided to pass on him uh once upon a time but uh things are not looking pretty for the bears and tampa's 2-0 it's not the most impressive 2-0 but they are 2-0 it's you you mentioned passing leaders well here, here you go Pick on the Bears defense. Evans, the receiving leader on the he only needed six grabs to get 171 yards. Oh, I, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Mike Evans. Uh 50 to 1 to win this honor, 171 uh receiving yards. And Aaron, he blew past the rest of the pack in receiving yards over expected. The spin move around the safety in that game certainly helped pad his stats. And what's interesting to me is that you think of Mike Evans, you think of go routes, right? Just go as fast as you can, as far as you can, and the ball will go to you. That's why the Jameis connection worked so well. And, you know, even with Tom Brady, like, you know, okay, he's going to throw short passes, Deacon Duck. Nope, he's going to throw a bomb, go to Mike Evans, and that's how that offense works. This really wasn't a go route game for him. He did a lot of other things really well. And I think maybe his versatility is one of the more underrated aspects of Evans. And look, if this is his last year with Tampa Bay, he's still got it, I think, Aaron. I, I agree. He was very impressive. I kept thinking, you know, can Baker help them win? But the connection between Baker and Mike Evans has been awesome. Their chemistry is great. They are going to face some tough defenses coming up in the next few weeks, which will be a big test for them. But no Tom Brady, no problem for the 2-0 and <laughs> Bucks and Baker Mayfield so far. And, Ed, do you remember when the Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash betql, was getting mad at you for suggesting that maybe Justin Fields is going to be the first bench quarterback, not counting injuries, first bench quarterback, and it was a long shot on the board? I'm just saying, it's not rumblings anymore already after two games. It's not rumblings. Like, people are screaming it. Fire everyone and play Tyson Badgett. <laughs> well... I, not not that I don't love our, our loyal audience on the Twitch chat, but, you know, every just now and saying. again, you just have to remind them that we exist and we have takes and our takes are usually good ones. Uh, you know, they're not perfect, but, you know, that one in particular, that one I'm going to, you know, that one I'm going to brush the dirt off the shoulders for. How about saying. that? I, I think that's you, what, yeah. What's their opinion now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Twitch.tv slash if you would like, like to opine. Five times, right? <laughs> Gosh, it was yeah, ugly. I mean, and that's not mm -hmm. yeah. The offensive line is bad, but I think there were a number of situations where we can look at uh, quarterbacks that were sacked a whole bunch, and it's on the quarterback too, a lot, a lot of times. Yep. And with Fields, as much ball. as he 
Oh, he's one of those guys. He's definitely one of them. So pressures are the offensive line's responsibility. Sacks are the quarterback's responsibility. They're not perfect rules, Mm -hmm. but remember that when you're looking at these stats. Pressures go to the offensive line. Sacks go to the quarterback. And if you are sacked a lot, then your quarterback needs to fix this. I think it's one of the reasons why when we're evaluating like Joe Burrow, who also takes a lot of sacks, it's why we're not putting him at, say, that same level as Pat Mahomes or someone like that. Because even though the offensive line is, you know, suspect, and it has been suspect for a while, as you mentioned, Joe, still, though, those sacks are because Joe Burrow is hanging on to the ball too long. He's not throwing it away. He's not getting out of the way, whatever it is. And look, I mean, at some point, these things add up and you get hurt. And anyway, so I'm digressing. But let's get into uh, our rushing leader. uh, And the winner for that honor is Bijan Robinson with 124, 30 to 1 to win that one. 172 scrimmage yards, including 124 rush, 19 totes. Finished with four forced missed tackles on runs, 88 rushing yards after contact. And he narrowly edged James Cook, uh, who finished with 123 yards on 17 carries, caught four passes for 36 yards. Aaron, it's one of those things where Bijan, Offensive Rookie of the Year, was the favorite coming in. And despite the fact that he's sharing time with Tyler Algier, especially in Pony personnel, still, though, he he looks like he he may very well, pun intended, run away with this thing. (laughs) I love it. Yes. He's running away with it already. I mean, he had a very impressive debut. Then he rushes, as you said, 124 yards on 19 carries. And a couple of those were highlight real type runs. He was juking guys, jumping over defenders. Like it's just been so fun to watch Bijan Robinson. And he's certainly living up to the hype so far through two games. How much longer is he plus money? He's plus 190 mm. right now. I don't know that it's going to – maybe because he's a running back, it's going to hang around there. It, it was very early in the season when Brees Hall ended up going to minus 200 last year. I want to say that's when he went down to the injury, when he was sitting at minus 200, then it threw the whole market out of whack. But, uh, yeah, 172 total yards. And if you look at the rushing yards over expectation, number one, Bijan. If you look at the rushing yards below expectation, number two, Algier yesterday. I thought it was pretty interesting. Against the same poor run defense, Bijan was phenomenal, and Algier had some issues. That he did, uh, but at the same time, it does feel like this is going to be the play design going forward, that even though Algier Mm -hmm. may be in less advantageous positions, don't you want your second running back to be put in these last – I mean, I I, I sort of get the argument one way or the other. It's like, okay, do you want your better back in easier spots because – you know, the the right tail or the potential, the ceiling is way, way higher. Therefore, you're getting touchdowns, things like that. You know, I think that's probably how they're looking at it is that Algier is sort of, you know, doing mop-up duty. Still an important role in this rushing attack, no doubt about it, but this be how it is. And it may have less to do with, say, talent discrepancy and more of the situations that they find themselves in. Bijan Robinson's still fantastic. I wouldn't sort of shut the door on Offensive Rookie of the Year just yet. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned uh, Puganakua, you know, for the Rams. It's something where 
I mean, he's still impressing. He's setting rookie records as far as receptions go, and he's doing it in this surprising yeah. fashion to where if you feel like that wide receivers, Joe, uh, are likelier to get individual awards, then maybe there's just more room for growth there. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily care about market or team success or anything like that, but it just may be something where, you know, if the, if the Rams are, you know, meddling around 500 or meddling with a playoff spot, something like that, and you can point to why, maybe that gets him some votes. Yeah, and will that be the case when, if and when, Cooper Cup returns to the field? How many targets is he going to get? He has 15 receptions on 20 targets through two games. Uh, but, I mean, the big story there. I, I was thankful that the, the San Francisco leg of the teaser ended up covering. Uh, I was a little concerned at one point in the game. But how about McVay? How about it? The NFL wants to distance themselves from any sort of gambling, even though in the same breath they're constantly advertising it. But you have a situation here. McVay goes for the meaningless field goal to cover the point spread uh, in that game. It, it meant absolutely nothing. It meant nothing. So that's a bad beat on San Francisco. I didn't really, I didn't have anything on San Francisco aside from the teaser, but. I wonder how upset the NFL is because it is not a great look when you go for a meaningless field goal as the game is ending to just <laughs> clear to clearly just cover the number. I don't know if he's sick of here. We talked about it. Everybody talks about it. How Shanahan owes McVay and they bring up the straight up record and the against the spread record, Aaron. But uh, that was I, I'm not saying shady, but it, it was eye opening. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, was it intentional? Did it have to do with the narrative about Shanahan? Or was it betting related? I guess we'll never know for sure. But it was definitely interesting and something to keep an eye on. We put asterisks on everything. Why not put it on uh, McVeigh's ATS record now after that? Why not? <laughs> I mean, heck. Yes. It's, it's what we yes. do these days. Uh, let's talk about totals from week two because uh, I'm a little miffed about this, if you don't mind me saying so. Unders were 12 and four in week one, but in week two, they go 12 and two. And Aaron, the two games that did not go over Chiefs, Jaguars, and the Sunday night game that I thought would go over in Dolphins, Patriots. Yeah, Dolphins, Patriots was one of the highest totals 24 17, the final. I, the Dolphins just show they can beat you in all different kinds of ways, Joe. Uh, but sometimes we see this. We'll see a lot of unders, then a lot of overs. I'm not that surprised. Well, I, I am surprised, guys, because we talked about the fact that the, the totals were so low, and maybe it was part of that overreaction from week number one. And we know that creates opportunity at some point. But I wasn't circling week two as the week over at all. And not only did they go over. I mean, some of these smoked it. Seattle, Detroit, over by 20 and a half. You had Washington, Denver, over by almost 30 points. Giants, Cardinals, over by 22 and a half. So uh, the, these, interesting, these numbers on totals will be fascinating coming up in week three. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, it's BetQL Court. All of our grievances from this football weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.